Everybody say, what's next week? Well, next week we have Father's Day service honoring dads. We've got a Father's Day service that's going to be honoring our dads. And I want you to fill in the blank with me if you don't mind. Boy, I, I told you I'm excited. But don't, you don't want to miss these next three weeks. I'm praising God. This is going to be a great time. Look at this. It's going to be a prayerful and power-packed message about fill in the blank, grumpy old. Oh, it, boy, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss next week. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Grumpy or what? Oh, man, it's going to be a good time. Well, look at this. And then what about week after next? What about week after next? We have the invocation of the brand new summer series that is Christ guiding and has the perspective that produces desired real results in our lives. And if you don't understand all the rest of that sentence, please check that last line that produces desired real results in our lives. Anybody can stand for a little taste of that. Amen. Praise the Lord. I would ask that you please come out. Well, here's a selected scripture. Wisdom. I'm telling you, you want notes today? Please pull out your notes. You don't have to take a picture. Brother Gabriel wants you to know he works very diligent. Uh, but I like taking notes because you are able to retain the information better. But beyond retention of notes, just in case you miss something, you can download it right off of everyone1.org. There's a download that will go right into your computer off of all of these slides. And I'm telling you, this is the reason I'm excited is because I believe in God's presence. He is able to transform lives. Amen. And so as a result, you would want today's notes. Look at this. Proverbs 10 verse 2 says this. Tainted wealth has no lasting value. But right living can save your life. <laughs> I think there should be lots of praise the Lord's and amens today, all right? Listen, tainted wealth has no lasting what? But right living can save your, can save your life. Proverbs 2015, this is a good one to remember because it's the year 2015, right? Proverbs 2015 says this, wise words are more, are more what? than much gold and many rubies. And I think it's a very challenging scripture because many of us, given the pressure, may choose gold and rubies over some wise words. Amen. Man, I, I see that got an amen. Ecclesiastes 10.10. The way you can remember this is like John 10.10, right? So Ecclesiastes 10.10 says this. Look at this. Especially the practical people. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. Everybody say amen. amen. I love this particular proverb because this is what it says. You can chop up some things with a dull axe. But it's going to take a lot more strength, power to go through it. Are you with me? A lot more toil, a lot more sweat of the brow. And I love ducktails, right? Now, I grew up doing ducktails time, but they say it works smart or not. Therefore, it says sharpen the blade. Because if you sharpen the blade, it will help you succeed. Somebody say amen. amen. The treacher's table. I believe that the word of the Lord came to me saying, and, and I've struggled to keep this phrase the way it is, and Forgive me if the grammar isn't altogether correct. Please take good notes. I believe that the word of the Lord came to me saying, time is a great commodity. Time is a great commodity. Now, I want you to understand this. I know that I am the, the, the absolute uh, nemesis to time. I understand that. But it doesn't stop the truth. Maybe this is why it came to me. But I say this more than anything. After this teaching, you'll understand that time is a great what? Time is a great commodity. Look at Psalms 39, verse 4 says this. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. Is everybody with me? How many understand when you, are when you understand you've got a short period to do something, you're a lot more focused? Isn't that true? You can do four times more in a shorter period of time than if you got all day and those same four things. Because we, we narrow in when we have time that we're working with. Here's a few things. 
Something useful, this is what a commodity, say commodity. commodity. Something useful that can be turned to commercial or other advantage. A commodity is an article or trade of commerce, a product or service that is indistinguishable from one manufacturer to another. In other words, commodities are something that if you grow it in Australia or you grow it in the U.S., it has the same value in essence. Everybody with me? A commodity. The quality of a given commodity may differ slightly, but is essentially uniform across producers. So therefore, an unprocessed or partial processed good by ag or by mining, by agriculture or by mining as grain, fruits, crude oil, vegetables, it is a commodity. Everybody say commodity. commodity. Like when you look at these pictures, you see gold is a commodity. That's why it has such great value and maintains its worth. Corn or grain or is used like coffee beans. Even water can be a commodity, right? I mean, understand people die in other countries as a result of a lack of water, right? So therefore, we understand that a commodity is something that may be unprocessed or partially processed. So when we talk about a commodity, it is, here's the part I want you to catch, something of use, advantage, benefit, profit, or value. A commodity has a use. It's something that has an advantage, a benefit, profit, or value. So a raw material, everybody say raw material. material. Turn to your neighbor and say raw material. A commodity, here's the key element of the definition. A raw material, useful or valuable, that satisfies wants or needs, such as water or what? Time. Time. Such as water or time. This came to me, and I referenced it to marriage, family, relationships, missed or used with wife, with growing up children, and how to exchange for gain. Notice that commodities were something that you exchanged commercially or something that can be exchanged. So catch this prophetic truth. Raw material, we can make or exchange it for whatever we see fit or formative for. Time can be used for whatever you need to do. Time is a raw material and can be utilized for however you use it. You can use it, you can, you can waste it. You can gain from it or you can kill it. But time is a great commodity. Mm, it's getting quiet. Here are some essentials. Psalms 90, read it out loud with me. Psalms 90, verse 12. Ready, said, read. Teach us to make the most of our time so that we may grow in wisdom. This is good teaching today. The world's most valuable commodity, Dr. Alan Zimmerman says it this way. There are many things in this world that are valuable, work, family, health, professions, and so forth. But it could be argued that the most valuable thing you'll ever have in this world is your time. In fact, the way you use your time has a major impact on the quality of your life. Or do you just what? Kill time. Isn't that a terrible statement? I'm just killing time. You know how we sometimes kill time? Now watch this. Everybody say, uh-oh. You know how sometimes we kill time? We say, on Monday, we say, well, I wish it was Friday. <laughs> I would suggest that your success and failure in almost every part of your life depend almost entirely on how you see your time. That being the case, I would argue that it's well worth your time to understand time and how to value it. For starters, these are gonna go very quick. You need to understand that time is a what? Resource. Turn to your neighbor and say time is a resource. And unlike other resources, if you can't get any other one, please get number one, and then I'll preach this thing at the end, such as talent, education, or money, right? For instance, no matter, at this point in my life, I don't imagine that I you know, can totally catch up to the giftedness of Peter on the keyboard. Is anybody with me? Are you with me? This man sings songs from musicals he's never been at. And I'm not sure what the words were from the songs we just sang today. I wish somebody said that. 
Here's what I want you to get though, such as talent, education, or money. We all have the exact same amount of time. It's the only aspect of our lives where we are equal. It's not about skin color. It's not about what side of the track you come from. It's not even about the same where you came from. I'm going to show it to you. Look, a psychologist, Dr. Dennis Wallace, points out each human being has exactly the same number of hours and minutes every day. Rich people cannot buy more hours and scientists cannot invent more hours. That is powerful. This is what the, the, the former Dr. Miles Monroe used to preach about leadership. We all are given the same what? Time. You need to understand that time is a very personal resource. Your time is your life. You're the only one who can spend your time. And how you spend your time reveals your true what? You need to understand. Number three, you need to understand the tricky nature of time. No one ever seems to have enough time, yet everyone has all the time there is. And nothing is easier than being busy, while nothing is more difficult than actually accomplishing something. I know there's number four because it kind of repeats itself. And I go to number five. You need to avoid the lion tamer's diversion, Turan. You need to avoid, you just might stick your name in there. <laughs> you need to avoid the lion tamer's diversion. What is that? You remember the lion tamer? He comes in with a whip and a stool, right? The poor lion tries to focus on all four legs at once. And in so doing, a, a kind of paralysis overwhelms him. He becomes weak and disabled because his attention is fragmented. In a similar fashion, people can't focus their efforts when they're faced with lots of tasks. That can lead to a poor use or a waste of time. And everybody said amen. amen. Number six, you need to avoid the hamster's dilemma. One, you don't want to be a lion. You don't want to be a hamster. Maybe y'all didn't catch that. Think about what you want out of life. What does a hamster do? Just rolls on the wheel, right? Think about what you want out of life not how much you can get done. Assess all your activities, and if they add to your life, keep them. If they don't, eliminate them whenever possible. Understand your body clock. Identify its peak times and try to schedule especially difficult work for those particular times. And everybody said amen. amen. I like to say energy is a commodity. <laughs> this is great teaching, amen? Turn to your neighbor and give him a high five and say, I need this. Energy is a commodity. Time is a great commodity, but energy is a commodity. Catch this. The revelation from Bishop T.D. Jakes, I learned this from a message he preached, and it just spoke to my life and to my family, to me and my family. He said this. The statement about when you come home, have you spent all your energy elsewhere and have not any for those you love? It's a good word. Amen. So therefore, again, I ask myself and today in our marriages, how are we using this raw, valuable commodity of energy? Energy can be applied to any and everything, but nothing if it's gone. That's a good word. Amen. How I many understand you can go outside and play uh, soccer with your child if you got energy? But how I many understand you can pull him up and put him in your lap and turn and watch Soccer on TV because you don't have enough energy. I think that's a good word. Uh, Peter looked at me like, Pastor, you know I don't like soccer. That's all right, Brandon. <laughs> Thanks be to God who is our wisdom. And God gives us the ability to have renewable energy. Somebody say renewable energy. And here's the illustration. Wind is a renewable energy. And how many understand that speaks of the Holy Spirit? And solar gives off energy. That speaks of the sun. We've got renewable energy from the wind of the Holy Spirit and the sun, Jesus, the son of God. I think God deserves a praise offering for that. Amen. Ask Jesus to give you more. And people are a commodity. People are a commodity. Here's a revelation. I state boldly. People are a commodity. Yes, we have tags, talents, abilities, gifts, and skills, but I believe God has made you and me inexhaustible, limitless. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because I believe people are a commodity, and if I can 
you know, really try to persuade you or sow a supernatural seed to realize not to look down on people, but to look at their potential and what God made them to be. You'll begin to see people are raw material to become anything that God created them to be. The commodity is people. This expressed the example of case systems in some cultures. In other words, when you're born into a case, then you have to remain in that case. How many understand the devil is a liar? I'm not born into a case. I was born into the world and the world has global opportunity for me. And whatever God created me to be, I can get there through the kingdom of God. Somebody say praise the Lord. To expose people are a commodity is to say this. People are raw material with the value to become anything. Oh, man, I thought that's a powerful word and maybe we're not convinced of it. This is what some of the notes don't say. How many understand a person has the proper the pop, the opportunity, the potential to learn. And through learning, you transform by the renewing of your mind. Whatever. Listen. I can't be a good husband. The devil is a liar. I can become a good husband because I can get more knowledge on how to become a good husband. I can become a good preacher if I learn and study communication. I can become strengthened. I can get a six pack. You know, they say six pack versus a keg. I can turn the keg into a six pack. I don't want to pull people out in our ministry, but there are some people that visit Farrell's every Sunday. I mean, every day of the week. Because they recognize I need to get in shape. If they had no hope, they wouldn't go to Farrell's. Are you with me? I think that's a good word. You know what? I think, Aaron, I can shoot a good free throw. You said, huh, okay, I got you, brother. That's okay. <laughs> I can shoot a good free throw if I try. So everybody say, I'm on. We have at the teacher's table today, couples, relationship, paths to romance. And I don't know if you are quiet about those commodities because you were looking to get to the romance part. I don't know why you've been quiet. But now we're going to go right into couples relationship paths to what? Romance. Romance. To what? Romance. To romance. Amen. So if you would, welcome to, they are no newcomers to BCC, but we want to welcome back as one now, Mr. Tavanga and Mrs. Dion. Would you give them all a big round of applause in Jesus' name? Praise the Lord. I had to do everything I could to wear jeans today because y'all are just something else in how professional y'all are. Amen. Praise. I knew I wasn't going to be able to touch that suit this day. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, thank you so much. I don't want to mess up that name, so, so pronounce that last name. See you, boy. That's good that you can do that, man of God. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Amen. Well, look, let's just right into it. Tell us a little about yourselves, and especially now as a couple in your career and the past couple of years. Could you do that a little bit? Uh, good morning, BCC. Good morning. Um, as Pastor said, my name is Dion Ciavora. Um, You've been practicing that. <laughs> okay, Pastor. Um, I, let's see. I started um, coming to BCC in 2006. I went to Iowa State. I graduated in 2009. Um, I love this church. I just want to say it's really, really good to be back. Anytime I'm here, I, the presence of God is here, and Amen. it's always good to see friends and family, really. It's like I'm home. Um, but let's see. This is my husband, Tavanga. We were married in July of 2013, so we're coming Amen. up on two years now Praise next God. month. Um, I currently work as a team lead at Farm Bureau Insurance Company in Des Moines. Praise God. Um, let's see. Does he? Yeah, does, yeah, let the man of God speak. Sure. So, not much more to add. My name's Tavanga Siavora. I've uh, been in Des Moines for about six years now. Uh, Dion and I met in 2010, I believe. Uh, we dated for about three years. Yes, yes, 2010. I <laughs> know that date well. Uh, dated for about three years, and as my wife mentioned, got married back in July of 13. So, coming on two years, uh, going to be next month. Praise God. Well, let me ask you this. What lesson can you share about relationship path? And again, just in a discussion form, what can you share in relationship path after you met in the dating and courtship? And then maybe just go into, and then any new challenges as young newlywed intellectual professionals are this season of life. So what, 
what can you share with us that happened during that dating season after you met? And then what would you share as challenges now as newlyweds, right in that season of two years? Sure. So a few things stand out to me. When it came to the period of time before we got married, uh, one thing that we had to remember is that we technically were still single. And until you were married, you were still single, even during that time of courtship. And part of the beauty of uh, the time of courtship is also exploring and developing yourself and your relationship with God in pre preparation for marriage. Um, so for those that are in, in the period of courtship, I highly r recommend uh, marriage counseling. Uh, that, that, that definitely took us through a lot of the paths and um, really hmm. development that we needed to do as I individuals before getting married, right? So we got married about two years ago. Can anybody say amen? <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Um, <coughs> all right, so that was, you know, that was a period of uh, really forging and uh, completing yourself as a person because a lot of people, unfortunately, feel that marriage is what's going to complete them. Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, that's that's a perception that, that I, I also had prior to getting getting married and something that I kind of wor worked through. After the, after the time that we got married, within that two-year period, uh, one thing that definitely stood out to me uh, was, geez, between Dion and myself, we had a whole host of our friends and our network that actually got divorced. Please listen, listen up. Um, so actually during the time that we were going through marriage counseling, we had two of our friends that got divorced. Um, and after that, that period, a number of other, other people also. So there's a difference between statistics and actually people that you know well, friends, family, that, that, that go through that. And so real quickly, I just want everybody to understand this, is that you're saying, first of all, it was people that was in the same season, like they were either just got married a couple of months before you all's date and things like that, and by that <coughs> period of short period of time, some of them had already gotten divorced. Multiple couples within one year, so three. Anybody listening, amen? Everybody say, prepare. Amen. But notice what Brother Tavanga said, that preparation wasn't working on her. The preparation is working on. Amen. Praise God. Go ahead. Either one before or after or during. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking for myself for the period before we got married, I'd say that um, a major challenge for me was just um, being able to let go of trying to be in control all the time because I was the type of person who was like, I'm independent, I can take care of my own, I don't need a man, da 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 da. And so. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those, yes. Everybody say, Selah. <laughs> Go ahead, sister. Yes, but. Um, High achiever, very intellectual, major on way, bless your parents, were very much so, raised three girls to be strong. Yep. The, Amen. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, stereotypical, like, strong black women. So, um, for me, it was just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure they understood. Some are more visual. Um, so for me, it was kind of a challenge of being able to just let someone else in and learning that you're not always going to be in control. Um, and, you know, I was like, okay, well, God has control of my life. It is just me. You know, I got this. But really going through premarital counseling with Pastor Tran and Sister Anna really just helped us to talk about a lot of things that we probably wouldn't have been able to talk about on our own. So I definitely encourage anyone who is hmm. um, thinking of getting married to go through premarital counseling. It helps a ton. Mm -hmm. um, can, and can the Samas say amen? <laughs> um, so for me, I just really feel like I grew a lot during that 10 week period of being in premarital counseling. And for me, a lot of it was just learning to become vulnerable with my relationships, really, mm -hmm. and letting people see who I am, like as an authentic individual and not like putting up that wall of what I want you to see and what I want you to think about me. So. Mm. Very effective communication. I'm going to go to the next one if you don't mind. Sure. So now please testify because I'm just excited about it. And you know we've been joking about this on the phone a lot. But because I am ecstatically excited for you as well as our people, say for you. For you. To see that dreams do come true. Mm. 
Please, that loving word that Sister Amanda spoke about the dryness, and we just sometimes need God to rain upon us, the former and the latter rain, to soften the ground. Hosea says that we can sow to ourselves seeds of righteousness because dreams do come true. Praise God. I'm ecstatic and excited. Please, please just share a little bit uh, of what's about to happen. Okay. Uh, all right. So one dream that I can definitely speak to is the woman that's sitting right, right here. Um, and then I'll, I'll let I'll let Dion elaborate on uh, some of the recent developments. Sure. Um, okay, so in 2011, I'll try to keep this short. It's a long story. Um, in 2011, I decided to quit my job at Iowa State. I was working at a research development up here, and I wanted to pursue my original dream, which was becoming a medical doctor. So I stopped working at Iowa State, moved to Des Moines, became a certified nurse's assistant, started working in a hospital, taking classes, you know, more loans, everything coming out. Um, this was probably, let's see, a year into dating Tavanga, and that's kind of what he knew. Like, we, everyone knew, oh, Dion's going to become a doctor. She's going to go to medical school. So, you know, during our uh, engagement period, I was studying for the MCAT, um, working part-time, taking classes, and planning two weddings, really. <laughs> um, and what happened is I did not get into medical school. That threw me for a loop. It was um, a very, very hard time for me because that was what I thought God was leading me to mm -hmm. do. Yes, um, so it was quite a challenge. I was just trying to figure out why well, I felt like I was led in the wrong direction. So, you know, I was angry. I was depressed. And, um, you know, I really just had to take a step back. And I got some advice from someone. And they kind of told me, start checking out some other areas in healthcare. You know, you, you, I never thought about anything else besides becoming a medical doctor. So I started to explore, shadow some different fields, and um, decided that for me, with a psychology background, maybe becoming an occupational therapist would be best. So I decided to apply for occupational therapy school. And come to find out, I got in to Washington University, which is one of the top three programs in the nation. Come on, and let's give God a big <laughs> praise off for me, man. Where's, where's my shoe at? Oh, St. Louis, that's right. <laughs> so what's funny about it is I'm like, well, God, you know, has a sense of humor because I wanted to go to medical school and I will be going to medical school pursuing a doctorate mm -hmm. in occupational therapy. So, you know, you get places, maybe not the way you thought you would get there, but I'm there. So I'm just so grateful and I thank God for that and for my husband's support. Um, and I guess quickly, one of the things that we were um, fearful of was living apart because his job is based in Des Moines. Come on now. And I'd be moving to St. Come Louis. Come on now. Watch God. So we start praying. Uh, okay, go ahead. All right. That brother's about to get his hoop on. That brother's about to get his hoop on. Wait a minute. All right. So one thing that I didn't want to stress before we go past it um, and kind of reflecting back on the question about challenges. So one thing that I definitely found challenging for me and what Dion spoke through which was, you know, kind of hearing back from all those medical schools and not really getting into the schools and the path that, that she thought. This was all within the, the first year of our of our marriage, right? Mm. So we got mm. we got married. We had our plans ahead of us. Everything was going to happen, you know, like, mm. you know, boom, 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 plans. boom, right? We had everything laid out from Dion's standpoint, you know, medical school from, from my standpoint. I, I also had my own career am ambitions. You know, I was going to do this, this, and this, right? Within that first year, Dion wasn't able to get into those schools. I actually wasn't able to get some of those positions that I was applying for. I was getting frustrated, talking to mentors, supervisors. I didn't know what was necessarily happening, right? Now, fast forward to what Dion's talking about now, and really the beauty of staying still and letting God, right? Amen, that's good. <laughs> because Dion is not going to Washington uh, University. I gotta, I gotta practice that. <laughs> um, and from my standpoint, about a month ago, I actually started at a new job and that position is actually going to allow me to telework from St. St. Louis, right? So from where? From St. Louis, Pastor. <laughs> and, but where at in St. Like you gonna go to an office or? No, no. So they're actually gonna l let me set up a home office. Um, so I'll, I will be I'll be with my wife during this this next chapter, right? Whereas if I had gotten some of those positions that I was applying for, right, I probably would have been in Moline. I might have been in Fargo, you know. Right, so. <laughs> wow. Wow. Right, right, right. So it's just, it, you know, it's just, it's just wild to, to you know, kind of take a step back and see that we thought that we had it all figured out, but there's so much more happening that we Come are Come on, let's give God of, a so. big praise off of Jesus. I mean, you know, that's worth today at all. Say God's dreams, God's 
do come true. Amen. I think that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I mean, I want the people of God. I, I'm excited for you because you've invited us to be a part of your life. But I'm so excited that God is so faithful and that he can hear that um, so we can hear that. Amen. Everybody said amen. amen. So listen, I want to jump into this as the time we have remaining. Look at this. The treacher's table. So I want to wait a minute. I've got to go quickly here. What really is romance? What really is what? Romance. I want to share this with you. Romance is not sex. Amen. This is major teaching. I didn't know this. Some people in our church are just so expressive. I don't think that made our list. It should have. Listen. I was at a conference, and, and this is where I learned it, and this is why I believe it's so profound, uh, because s romance is not what? Sex. Don't be afraid. Even children need to learn it. Amen? Though may lead to or not be restricted from physical intimacy, but romance is not sex synonym. It's a good word. So what we're going to do today is I want to share with you what romance is. Romance is a feeling of excitement and mystery associated with love. Romance is defined as a love affair. Now, because the world has so much perverted that, I made sure I showed the illustration of it. A love affair that is the illustration with your spouse. How many understand if you want to have a love affair, you don't have to do it with somebody else. You ought to be doing it with your wife or your husband. So a love affair with your spouse, it's the ardent emotional attachment, an affection of involvement between people, love. It means to court or woo, everybody say woo, woo. or try to arouse the romantic interest. To be romantic is to say it's idealized for its purity. Listen, not for its perversion, but for its what? Purity, beauty, and inclination for the adventure. For the what? Turn to your spouse and say adventure. adventure, adventure, and excitement. Today, I want to share with you, with the time we can give to this, the Treacher's Table Top 10 List of Couples Relationship Paths to Romance. Praise God. Starting with number 10. Oh, a little demonstration. Sister Anna, if you would please come up for the demonstration. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, amen. All right. No, I didn't warn you for this. This is the kitchen counter. Everybody with me? Men, are you looking? I told you, I see most of the things from a men's perspective, right? This is the kitchen counter, maybe some dishes, maybe some cutting some sauteed onions and making some of those vegetable fajitas with the sauce and the... I'm sorry, my fault. Okay. So that's, that's, what, that's going on over here, right? Men, are you ready? Yes. Demonstration. No, you just... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You gotta catch that. Brother Peter said, What do you want? <laughs> Men of God, this is why, JP, we've gotta change that. Listen, listen, this is the part. You've got Brother Mike over there falling out over there. Listen, men of God, you gotta get this. Romance is not what? And then stop. Back up. You did it. Some men are like this. What? You're I'm teaching here. Oh, my goodness. Listen, listen, look, 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 look. Let me show you what it is. Affectionate hug or touches from behind. No, didn't say touch the behind. Touches from behind. <laughs> you know what? You know why y'all laughing? Because I'm catching you tripping. You're right. You're right. Huh? 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the way I used to teach. Amen. <laughs> number ten is affectionate. Number ten is what? Couples, just married couples. Read it. Amen. Just a little hug. Back off. Praise God. Number nine. Could y'all share that with us? Go ahead. What's that? Okay. Uh, date nights. So pretty much, you know, doing an activity together, setting um, aside time every week, like maybe every Wednesday from four to eight to spend time together, um, creating shared memories or experiences and sharing laughter. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I just think we should be giving notes right now. Everybody say top 10 list. Number eight, practice clean hygiene everywhere. Praise God. The illustration is, I want to say this, signature fragrances, clean mouths, and show you care by taking care of yourself. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? And when I say signature fragrances, I'm not talking about you've got to get 50, 60, 70, $80 fragrances, right? But please understand, choose wisely because not everything smells good. You'd be better with a nice deodorant than a cheap cologne. I've got, can the women say amen? I'm not trying to bust any brothers out, but I just, I'm not sure how far Stetson can go. I'm, I mean, if you wear it, that's, you know, amen. Number seven. Could y'all take this for me? Number seven, putting each other first. So every day, waking up and asking myself, how can I make my wife's life better today? Praise God. Everybody say amen. amen. Look at that. We even got Mother Lawson married for many years and being happy over there. Number six, affection during the game. Men of God, listen. Bro, I'm, I'm teaching today, friend. Bro, look, this is what I mean. If you, if they know you're prioritizing the game, get this. They know it's the game, Brother Michael. They know this is the game. They know the game come on at four today. Six. Sorry, six. six you see, I messed up, right? And all of a sudden, halftime, you don't watch the halftime show. You turn and do some neck rubs. Can you imagine the romance that you've just created because you've set the priority for your spouse more than the game? In between downs, you can rub a foot or two. Ain't that right, man of God? Come on, I mean, all you got to take is go over and get the lotion, come back, right? Come on, sweetie. Flip the cap off. Listen, matter of fact, you ain't even... Some loving women, they won't even mind. You can keep watching the game. I just think that's good teaching. Everybody say romance. It's good teaching. Listen, come on, y'all share this. This is a good one. Complete vulnerability. What do you mean by that? This is putting everything on the, on the table. And this is trusting your, this is trusting everything to your, to your partner and bringing you guys closer together. Praise God. What, you said it kind of a different way, Dion. What was the way that you said it as well? Um, no, I, I believe I had said being an authentic individual. So um, being who you are and, and breaking down that barrier that That's a lot of people put up. Breaking down that barrier. Right, that a lot of people put up um, to really hide who they truly are. Amen. So it's, it's hard at first, but after it's down, I mean, it's amazing. Amen. All so the women together. of God say, break down. Break down. No, women of God say, I need to, I need to break, down break down the barriers, the barriers. I've, put up. I've put up. Amen. Listen, number four, couples quiet time. I told you, Stephen, Stephen showed me a book, Quiet Times, right? That Sister Dr. Turner gave you, right? But, but sure, share what you mean by quiet times. Okay. Um, so what we mean by the couple's quiet time is a time that you set aside for you and your spouse, no distractions, meaning no cell phones, you know, no music, no TV, nothing, just you and your spouse having conversations. And we call it like, you know, Tavanga's like, you know, checkup, you know, Dion's checkup. Like, how are you doing mentally? How are you doing in life? Like, how are you doing with your goals, the direction you're moving in? Um, so beyond that, one thing that I've come to appreciate is that 
what what brings us closer is going through life's experiences together, mm. right? Mm. So uh, kind of like we shared earlier, we've had a lot going on over, over the last two years, but our been able to kind of just sit back and talk through it together and, r you know, share your fears, concerns, plans, re you know, reflecting. Um, it, it, it makes your spouse that much more part of you. Amen. Amen. So what they're basically saying is to a part of being vulnerable is having quiet time, right? Quiet time is when vulnerability is where you want to go. Praise God. You all seem a lot more jovial when I was teaching you how to touch. Amen. <laughs> Number three, please look at this. This is great teaching. There's a Christ, Christian broadcast network. So a lot of us, you know, grew up with that and things like that. They put this out and it's called the passion plan. The passion plan. This is what happened the other day, Sister Anna. We'll need to reserve at least 15 seconds a day to kiss passionately. 15, you can do, you can have one 15 minute kiss. Brother Lyon, are you listening? No, I'm sorry, 15 seconds, sorry, sorry about that. That wouldn't be a kiss, amen? Stop, bring it in, reel it in. Listen, 15 seconds a day to kiss passionately, 15 minutes, five days a week, to connect by communication. Pastor Barry practices this. I think it's a wonderful practice. 15 minutes a day just to communicate. That would, could relate to quiet time or it could relate to vulnerability, but it needs to be done consistently, Brother Corey. Are you with me, man of God? Amen. 1.5 hours a week to date night prioritized regularly. 1.5 hours to date and then another 1.5 hours a week for intimacy. And how many understand it seems too routine and doesn't seem spontaneous when you say it's supposed to be planned? But how many understand if you don't plan it, it may not be spontaneous? Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Number two, and this is where I start getting a little serious. We're almost done, I promise. Look at this. Number two, an acknowledged, I want to share my, my own heart right here, an acknowledged and repenting soul. Everybody say that. Ready, go. An acknowledged and repenting soul. This is what happened to me, in all honesty. Um, Sister Ann and I had a really, really deep conversation. Um, it was intense at times. It was one of those disagreements, and we were working through some things, and it does deal with intimacy. But what happened is, um, not only during that do major strides take place in our lives, but after I personally studied, meaning these messages and reading a lot, I realized, and I'm being honest, this happened, I realized I am not um, doing any of these things. And, 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 it was so convicting for me because here it is. I can read this list of things, just little things. And I'm, I, what happened to me? I used to do those things. I used to go get the pedals and lay them down or through the hallway. But I haven't seen a rose in years. Is anybody with me? So what do you do in that situation? Men, I'm speaking to you. Women, I'm speaking to you, but I'm saying this to men of God because I believe this for men of God. Listen, you've got to at least acknowledge it. If you resist what I'm saying right now, then your wife will be in one. But if you acknowledge and repent soul, all it takes is CDE, say CDE. CDE. To care to desire, I got that straight out of family life, out of Dennis Rainey's uh, ministry, to desire it. Romantic is about desire and effort. And number one, action and live pictures speak louder than words. It's not about being public, but it's about being personal. And you know what? You don't have to go by the whole big list that they have out on web and, and internet. You can be creative on your own because any effort you put out one towards another, your spouse is going to think very highly of it. Somebody say amen. amen. I think that's just a good word. Praise God. Everybody said amen. amen. I want to teach this, if you will, and I'm going to do it quickly and we can have everybody musicians up now. But I want you to catch these five verses, these five verses, because you're not, I promise you, especially word people, you're going to, you're going to absolutely flip over this message. Y'all come on up, please, if you will. Um, I, I told you I was going to have you read, but I've got to go real fast here. Listen, uh, could you bring the lights down too, if you don't mind? Thank you. Genesis chapter 20. Everybody say romance. romance. Now, I need you to go over everything we just taught. Sister Aaron, Brother Joshua, uh, 
Weiss Cups. I, I just need everybody to pay attention. Candace, listen. Genesis chapter 29. You remember that's where we started the series at? We started the series dealing with who? Jacob, Rachel, and Leah. Their father's name was what? Levin. Everybody with me? I'm going to show you five verses or maybe six verses. 30 to 35. Blow your mind. Watch this. Everybody say romance. romance. Verse 30 says this. So Jacob slept with Rachel. Uh, slept with Rachel too. He had slept with Leah on the night of the marriage. So he slept with Rachel too. And he loved her much more than Leah. Everybody see that? He then stayed and worked for Levin the additional seven years. Look at this revelation, Sister Kelly. Jacob loved Rachel more than Leah. Does everybody see that? So for the purpose of treaching, listen, for relationship paths of enlightenment, let's see Rachel and Leah as one wife in different seasons of their life, in different periods. Or in another instance, I'm going to show you something, just looking at them just as a wife. Just look at them as an individual wife. Let's not get caught up in the polygamy and all that type of stuff. Let's just look at them as being the same. Everybody with me? This is worth your time. In Genesis verse 31, 29, 31 says this. When the Lord saw that Leah, when the Lord, that's capital L, saw that Leah was what? Saw that Leah was what? He enabled her to have children. But Rachel could not conceive. Now, I don't want us to get entrapped with having children right now. That's not what this part is about. This is a symbol of the scriptures. Leah was unloved, but fruitful. But Rachel was loved, but unfruitful with children. Look at the oxymoron there. Look at the comparison. You see how every wife feels like they're missing something? Oh, my God, that was powerful. One wife was extremely loved, but was unfruitful. One felt unloved, but was fully fruitful with children. How does that speak to us today? If you're a wife, you always seem to have something that you don't want or something that you don't have. Look at this. Leah, you got to pay attention to this. Leah is going to birth externally or outwardly the desperation for getting what she yearns in marriage or her husband. She's going to birth it. She's going to do things externally. This goes with all of the grace messages and everything y'all like to hear. Listen to this. She's going to do things externally to try to gain what she's crying for internally. How do you know that, Pastor? Watch the scriptures. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. I've never seen this before. She named him what? For she said, the Lord has noticed my misery and now my husband will love me. What that means is this is not the child, but this is the name she gave the child. So her inward cry became the name she gave her child. So she says this, Reuben actually means behold a son or it means he sees me. The Lord sees me. The Lord notices me. I don't know if y'all hearing this. She named, she felt unloved. She felt what? So she named her firstborn. He notices me. <laughs> Say romance. Look what happened to the next son. She soon became pregnant again and she gave birth to another son. She named him Simeon and she said, the Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. The definition of Simeon means the Lord hears me. Oh, listen at this. The first son, Reuben, the Lord sees me because my husband doesn't see me. The second son name is the Lord hears me because my husband doesn't hear me oh my god say my god say romance the woman of god leah who was named by scripture as being unloved 
is now doing externally what she wished she had in her romantic relationship that she should have in marriage, but because it's absent, she knows that he loves Rachel more than he loves me. I've got to do something externally to get him to love me. So he, she names him, hears me, which is unloved desire to be heard, listened to by her husband. But yet the answer prayer is God hears me. She has another son. She became pregnant a third time and gave birth to another son. He was named Levi. He was named what? She said, surely this time my husband go back to the definition of romantic. Surely my husband will feel affection for me since I have given him three sons. Listen to this. Levi means, compare this to the definition of romance. She feels affection. She wants affection. And in the actual Hebrew language, it means attached. Levi means attached. And the definition of romance means to be attached or to have affection. God shows this revelation through Leah in a naming of her three children that I want to be seen, I want to be heard, and I want to be attached to the husband that I feel like unloves me because the romance is not there. Say, uh uh-oh. She has a fourth son. Once again, Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. She named him Judah. And she said, now I will praise the Lord. And then she stopped having children. Why did she stop having children? This is not a curse. It's because she stopped trying to get things externally that she could only get internally. She stopped trying to get the affection to be noticed, to be heard by her husband Jacob when she said, I will praise the Lord. And when she praised the Lord, she stopped having children, which is to say she gave up on trying to do things on the outside to get the love that she wanted and desired on the inside. When you women of God begin to praise the Lord, men of God, single and married, when you begin to praise the God that has created you and love him as the lover of your soul, you'll stop doing things externally. You'll stop doing things outward in order to get love inside. God wants you to praise him. Give the Lord a shout.